This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Grassroots Marketing. Each episode curates thought-provoking dialogue with an exclusive class of thought leaders who will offer high-end roundtable business strategies and solutions that seek to prune and harvest great ideas in each 30-minute episode. Thought leaders in the cannabis industry convene here to share some of their best practices and protocols. Let's chart the growth of this burgeoning industry, one of the world's premier cash crops, right now on Grassroots Marketing. Welcome back to Cannabis Radio's coverage of the MJ Business Conference here on Grassroots Marketing. Glad to have all of you with us. Right now, we're here to go and speak with the Chief Technology Officer and Founder of Cannabis Quality, Cannabis Safety and Quality, or CSQ, Tyler Williams, joins us. Tyler, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Let's go ahead and talk real quick about CSQ. It's the first cannabis certification program to meet the Global Food Safety Initiative, or GFSI, benchmarking requirements. As a... Now, what I want to ask you about are a few things that, when it comes to consumer product safety, your quality expert in the food and beverage, cannabis, and dietary supplement industries. So you might give us some information that, you know, people are going to be... When we do talk about compliance on Cannabis Radio, specifically the Blunt Business Program, you know, we'll talk about... You know, having regulation, having requirements within policing, you know, businesses themselves to make sure they're doing the best to go ahead and avoid any yeast, mold, bacteria, RFID tagging, all the systems in place to make sure. But even here, there's going to be batches that could go through various issues. And one of the things you actually brought up was cannabis recalls. So... You had may mentioned when we were doing prep for the interview uh, about a Michigan company that recalled product after an employee licked shut pre-rolls, closing the business, or moldy flower scares in Colorado, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Arizona. And one of the stories I actually just noticed up was in Detroit this past September, how, according to the Marijuana Regulatory Agency of Michigan, they all issued a health and safety bulletin due to a voluntary marijuana recall because they were retesting for microbial failures and they were saying that the agencies of the mechanical trimmer was contaminated with banned chemical residues bilfenrin and chlor chlorfeniper those are tough names those are scrabble (laughs) words there tyler but anyway you bring that point up and you mentioned that there's there these are lessons that need to be learned so history doesn't repeat itself that eliminating product recalls and preparing for federal legalization are two major reasons companies should consider a company like yours. Yeah, absolutely. And and so a little, I guess, do you want me to give a little bit of background about CSQ first or? Well, I we, think I have an understanding of it. I just want to know what it is that, well, yeah, give me what prompted the idea of creating this as opposed to waiting for some government oversight or some, you know, industry oversight. Your team decided to come in and intervene. 
Yeah, yeah. And and so kind of how I got started really into the cannabis space is, but, you know, when I was working in the food and beverage side of things, we had customers come to us and start asking for GMP audits and uh, GMPs, meaning good manufacturing practices. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of weird that these cannabis facilities were coming asking for either GMP audits to dietary supplement standards or to food and beverage standards. And so really, uh, we, we, you know, we obliged and we started performing these audits for, uh, for them and realized really quickly that the cannabis industry needed something of its own. And so that's when we really started developing the standard and, and got with industry stakeholders and started doing uh, pilot audits and beta testing and, and just learning everything we could about the industry to uh, produce a standard that's really uh, created by the industry for the industry. And, and that's where we're at today. And, and the, there's several drivers behind that. There's some states that require third-party certification. Um, and then, of course, the, the lack of regulations in both the CBD and the medical and recreational space. Um, this gives those companies something to follow uh, with those limited or very minimal regulations in place. So with that said, you were talking about good manufacturing practices and you were offering audits for cannabis. And make you mention that 13 out of the 25 biggest cannabis companies in the U.S. have committed to having CSQ certify within the next year. Uh, two of those companies would be Cureleaf and One Plant, being the first to pass CSQ certification process. And your goal has always been to clean up the industry overall when you noticed it was nearly impossible for smaller operators to meet the standards. Now, that's one thing that's going to be considered is that I, you know, I was looking for information on how much a company probably would need to go ahead and invest percentage-wise in compliance. But that is always been, that's the part of the budget that people really don't want to go ahead and take too much and invest in. I mean, it's unfortunate, but until, it, I guess people need to understand that eventually when federal legalization comes in, this is going to be a built-in cost. It's going to be burned in. So are you, when, when everything goes into place, I mean, what is the level of investment that companies need to put in for compliance and how they should prepare for and how your your company CSQ is trying to prepare for federal legalization and for whatever kind of regulations or standards that are going to be set by them yeah and th and that's a great question it's it's kind of a hard question to answer because you know there's not a specific percentage or amount that you know a company should put into compliance or, or safety and quality of their product. Uh, but what I always tell people is, is you're really, your product starts with the safety and quality. And, and, and those, although those two things are different, they go hand in hand. If you're making a safe product, you're probably uh, making a, a, a better quality product, right? And so that's why we, we kind of combine those in the standard. And so the standard itself is really a safety standard, but there's quality aspects in there. Uh, for example, if you if you follow the standard, you're likely going to make more consistent and higher quality products. So um, those two things go hand in hand, and that's really the starting point of your business, right? Um, if you if you have a uh, a crappy product, nobody's going to want to buy it anyway. So it doesn't matter how much you spend on marketing. Um, so really, that compliance and making sure you have a safe and quality uh, product is is you know part one. Um, so I think you know once again, it's hard to put a number on it. Um, I will say that the the audit itself is relatively inexpensive. Um, you know, I think it depends on there's several ways to get from point A and, and whether that's starting at nothing or, you know, very minimal 
compliance policies and procedures in place to getting, you know, to point Z, which is, you know, full-blown CSQ certification. Um, there's several routes to take. Um, you can use external consultants, which can be varied in price across the board. I think there's a lot of consultants that are coming in from the food and bev and, and the dietary supplement industry that are, you know, charging the same as they would as a, a food and beverage company. So the pricing is, is similar and it's kind of set in stone, whereas there's others that have been in, entering the market and, and charging what we like to call a green tax on everything. And, and so those consulting prices can get out of hand really quickly if you don't know who you're dealing with. Um, alternatively, if you have the resources internally, um, it, you know, what I always recommend is that you, it should be your internal team to, um, to develop the program because those are going to be the ones who are implementing it anyway. So having people on your team that's knowledgeable about that stuff um, is, is very important. Um, but as far as putting a, a dollar amount or a percentage and how much you should invest in compliance is, is kind of tricky, um, but it, it's, it's a lot less expensive uh, than a recall. So um, it should be a built-in price and it should be um, developed, you know, from the beginning and, and, you know, it shouldn't be a secondary thought after you get a regulatory uh, warning or, or something along those lines. A lot of times what happens too is, is people don't think about uh, good manufacturing practices or good agricultural practices uh, when they're building their facility. And then so they build this, you know, multi-million dollar facility, and then they decide that they want to get certified to one of these standards like CSQ and realize that, oh crap, I should have been thinking about this stuff well in advance because now I have to move my hand-washing sink over here, or I have to put a drain uh, in this spot where I wasn't thinking about, uh, you know, my cleaning practices when, when we were designing the building. So there, there's a lot of things that go into it. And so the sooner you start thinking about it, the, you end up saving more in the long run. Now, when you talk about this, I have constantly, since 2019, have always prefaced what you're talking about here about the story that happened with Cantrust. Are you familiar that that was the company that had to destroy a value of $77 million worth of pot because it was grown in the unlicensed area of the facility? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that yeah, is, <laughs> honestly, that would be the role model for everybody out there as to why you would need someone to be following such a strict compliance standard and not just stay in the standard that the states are regulating in your state, that you need to always be above and beyond that level because you have to be, it's got to be proactive. The fact that you need to go make sure to take care of that because of what's going to be done and knowing that that much can be, and on top of that, you know, there's a, the other issue in Canada where there's a lot of cannabis being destroyed because they're not able to go and sell it. And there's such strict regulations in Canada that millions upon millions of, you know, plants are being destroyed because they can't do anything with it. So it's that kind of idea where compliance can help. And I guess would it, would it be helpful in terms of the amount of yield and the level of what you're doing? It's just that, you don't want to have, you know, any regulatory bodies have to go and come in and crack down and take away your potential profit. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's not just about your company either, right? So if, if one company messes up, it makes the whole industry look bad. Um, we're already in a unique industry where there's people opposed to, to what we do. And there's people that um, are immunocompromised or sick that want to start using cannabis products uh, medicinally. And they're, you know, they're weary of it. They're scared of it. And, and when they see a recall or incident like this that happens, you know, it, it, it heightens that, that 
uh, fear, right? And so it doesn't just impact that company um, who, you know, did something wrong that had the recall or, or had that regulatory warning or, or whatever. It, ha- it has an effect on the whole industry. And, and I always compare it to, um, you know, let's just, there's many examples in the food and beverage industry, but 2009, Peanut Corporation of America, um, you know, sickened around 700 or 800 people and, and killed a couple of people as well. Um, that, that had, obviously that company went bankrupt. Some people went to jail. Um, there was a lot of issues with that, but that impacted the small peanut farmers too. Um, several peanut, small peanut farmers went out of business because of that, because people were scared to buy peanut butter. Um, so it, it, it's, you know, it's affecting the whole industry as, as a whole, uh, and not just that company as well. So we have to look at it at, at this holistic approach as well. The other thing, too, I want to bring up is the FDA and the regulation of Delta-8. Now, if you haven't heard me here on the grassroots marketing program as of late, uh, I've kind of just delved in a little bit, and I wanted to talk more about the fact. But first of all, we'll talk about D8 at first, because there's other components, other uh, cannabinoids that are going to be being put to market very soon in the areas of Delta-10, hhc TCHO, among others. So before I get to that, let's get to where we have been for the last uh, 10 months when it comes to Delta 8. And where the FDA and CDC are noticing, we're seeing that a lot of states are starting to ban the the substance now. And agencies are reporting a significant uptick in reported adverse health effects from people who are using it. So with with Delta 8 now, I mean, it's been out there, and states have been quickly starting to go ahead and take it away from any stores that are not legalized, any dispensaries, medical dispensaries, or any uh, shops of that matter, that you can't just sell Delta 8 everywhere. It's starting to get taken down. But like I said, now we're having new products come to the limelight, Delta 10, THCO, and HHC. What would you say about what's going on with that? Do we see where Delta 8 is going to be out of the picture very soon and these other cannabinoids are going to take those places yeah i think you know you hit it right on the head it's a it's a gray area right now and there there are other products popping up on the market there have been for the past couple of months i would say and and uh i think it's going to it's going to speed up um regulatory interference i believe um in my opinion um you know what does that look like i don't know i don't think anybody knows right now um, but there's, you know, there's questions about, uh, you know, fraud when it comes to the product too, right? Uh, you know, people want to know if it's if it's synthetic or non-synthetic, just like people want to know if it's it has GMOs or or doesn't have GMOs. Doesn't matter if it the product is safe or not. That's a, a personal preference for a lot of people. And so I think there's there's other things to it than just the safety aspect. I think there's, you know, there needs to be regulations around how the product is marketed. Um, what you can consider uh, a cannabinoid, you know, whether it's natural or synthetic. Um, and we're just, the industry is just too, too far in its infancy to, um, to have an answer to those questions yet. But I think that with the rise of Delta-8 and these other, these other um, alternative can- cannabinoids, if you will, they, uh, they're going to speed up regulatory interference. And I think, you know, as, as we see more people get sick from this product, that's when you're going to see the FDA step in and make and take a stance on it. And I don't know if the industry is ready for that yet. 
Well, I'm not going to have no choice pretty soon. It's just a matter yeah, of exactly. finding a way to go ahead and work around where, I mean, this is where the importance of what you're doing right now is because, and I want, like I said, I think, I don't know how well uh, read you are when it comes to keeping up the date at CSQ about these other products that will be coming into light because I already already know companies are going to market with this pretty soon. So that's something I think those three areas, even Delta 9, Delta 10, THCO, and AAC, I think those products will be coming to market pretty soon. If I've already, I'm already starting to read stories about it. There's companies that are already ready to go ahead and start putting out the market. And real quickly, I mean, how how intense are you following those those areas? And is that something you're also trying to incorporate into the certification? Yeah, and and you know, and that's why I brought up the fraud. Um, that's one of the sections in 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 our standards. So looking at um, making sure that if we're claiming something is organic, that it's actually certified organic and we're not just making that claim. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar with, you know, these products. If we're saying it's a certain uh, cannabinoid, um, is it naturally occurring? Is it not? Uh, so these are, these are things we're starting to look at now, as far as the safety and, and, and quality of the product goes, it's built into the, the standard itself. It doesn't matter um, what, you know, what the end product is, if you will. Um, it's, it goes through, you know, very similar processes. And so therefore you still need a HACCP plan, uh, which stands for hazard analysis, critical control point. Uh, You still need to be following good manufacturing practices. Um, So for example, right now, uh, we do not have any Delta eight facilities that are certified to the standard, um, but they very well uh, might start getting certified to the standard as uh, as the product uh, matures in the marketplace, and and that's okay, and and that is something yes we're following at CSQ, um, but more so on the labeling and um, ensuring that there's no fraudulent activities with that uh, pr- the production of that product or the labeling of that product more so than the safety and quality because those practices are are the same across the board. Great stuff. Really appreciate you taking time to go and talk to me and uh, getting a chance to go ahead and go through the whole subject. So, again, I've been here with Tyler Williams, Chief Technology Officer and Founder of Cannabis Safety and Quality, or CSQ. Website is csqcertification.com. Again, csqcertification.com. And when people go to that website, Tyler, talk to me real quick about you know how easy it is to go ahead and get started on this and really – any kind of expectation of what kind of level of certifications required based on what you might be seeing from state to state? Yeah. So um, it's really easy. You go to the website, you can uh, find uh, there's two versions of the standard. So there's the CSQ standard, which is written to be uh, benchmarked to the GFSI requirements uh, in next year. And so that's kind of the highest level for that standard. We have uh industry sectors covering cultivation, um, extraction, uh, food and beverage or edibles, and then dietary supplements. And then we've just launched last month, uh, lower level standards, uh, CGMP and CGMP plus. The difference between those two is the plus has HACCP included and the facility must do a mock recall while the auditor is there on site. Um, and then on the, the grow side, we have CGAP and CGAP plus and the difference between the two are, are similar. Um, And they're easy to find on the website. Um, You do not have to pay to download the standards. So I always tell people, even if you don't plan on getting certified in the next three months, in the next six months, the next year, you you can go download the standard now and start following those best practices for free. 
Um, so I, I highly recommend at least going and, and downloading the standard and, and looking at those best practices and at least implementing at your facility, even if you don't plan to get certified. Really appreciate you taking time. Like I said, let's go ahead and uh, keep this conversation going. Very important for everybody out there. And I'm glad that you're offering this kind of work and we can really get more in detail into what you what brought this together and, and really kind of get into the, what the program is and kind of give people what the idea of what the certification would entail. So let's go ahead and do that. On a, Hopefully I'll get you on, on our Blunt Business program to go and talk about that. Again, Tyler Williams with CSQ. Thanks for being on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries, and with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.